This episode of the Quad Squad Pod is sponsored by The Ballad of Bonaduke by R.T. Slaywood, a dark urban fantasy available exclusively on Kindle Vela. Visit our link tree or the description of this episode of the podcast for more information on how to begin reading today. Now let's start the show. We're back again. This is episode six, I believe. Ish. Half a dozen. Yes. Half a dozen. Um, very exciting. Uh, I know this episode's coming out a little bit late. And again, we apologize. We appreciate everyone's understanding. I speak for all of the guys um, who are here with me at the moment. And we're super, super excited to bring you today's episode. And before we get into that, um, thought it would be good to, to let everybody say hi. Um chat it up for a moment, and then we'll get into today's topic. Aaron, take it away. Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, um, this being late is my fault, and I apologize, but life happens. Uh, No, it's great to be back here, and life is good. Life is great, and there's no sarcasm in that at (laughs) all. I still can't tell if there is or yeah. not, to be clear. I, I, Bryce, that's a tough act to follow, but what do you got? Well, life is good and, and life is great, but I, I, it's pretty easy to tell what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but uh, th- things are good. Um, for my last two weeks of nonsense, uh, going to the hospital to get my gallbladder out and then my angiogram, everything's straight up and working, and or working as it should at least. And uh, yay for that. <laughs> And, um, yeah, because everything hasn't been so awful. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, yeah, it's been going great. Uh, Polly, what's been going on with you? Um, nothing much. Uh, the wife started a new job, so that's been really exciting. Uh, she really loves it. She went back. So she's no longer cooking. She went back to do the pastry chef thing. That's really fun. Uh, so oh, she's been showing cool. me a bunch of pictures of all the cool that- stuff she's doing. So. That's been really fun. She's been cooking a lot at home, which is amazing. You, 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 you <laughs> got her a grill, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. I did get her the grill. It's amazing. Uh, she's been cooking all types of fun stuff on there. So I've been eating good. I'm happy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The, the, those brats looked amazing. Yeah. The, the they Brussels were. Brats too. The Brussels mm-hmm. sprouts look really good. Yeah. Those are really mm-hmm. good. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> I mean, the, 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 everything's fine. I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, Polly, that you got your wife cooking because you know that's that's. What the fuck are you doing? What? <laughs> it's podcast time. I, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, don't you have some dishes to do or something? Wait, what? <laughs> I don't talk to you that way. Then what the fuck are you guys doing? Wait, who is that beardless person behind oh. you, Polly? Yeah. No, there's a stranger in my house. You guys should probably call somebody. There's nobody beardless the here. There's for, only luxurious the beards. in Minnesota? Oh. <laughs> Hi, honey. Hi. Get out of my seat. This is a new angle of Polly we have not okay. seen before. He's he's very liberal apparently. <laughs> it's almost it, it's almost Pride Month. How dare you say that? Yeah. On that note, I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> Headphones. For for those of you just listening, um, Roxy oh. put on a very compelling performance as Polly with a drawn-on beard, and since this stranger is joining us here with no facial hair. We figured we were talking to Polly. So, yeah, thanks, yeah. ex-best friends. Yeah, I see how it is. Jeez, I can't even tell us apart. I don't have long hair. Do I look like Obi Bun here? What the hell? You know that 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 is what I noticed. I was there was so there was something on there that I was like, what? It's not. Thought it was just a wig. I don't know. I you're. I mean, you're a creative guy. Who knows? You know, you you, mm-hmm. you like the '90s yeah. music and Chris Cornell and. Long hair. I put on the Pink Floyd shirt for this episode. That's the furthest I'm going with creativity. Okay. okay. My shirt's my shirt's pink, so I'm joining you halfway there. So we're good. So it's not that... North Face either, so I'm a little bit disturbed. Ooh, that's a different band, though. Different band. Um, so what we're going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about concerts, and we were pretty excited. We wanted to do something different. So we're going to do everyone's first concert they went to. And not like if your parents took you to a concert when you were very little. What was the first concert you chose to attend yourself? So first concert you chose to attend, your favorite concert. And then if you could go see any group, any artist, any individual, dead or alive, who would that be? So we're super excited to go ahead and get started. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken... Uh, Aaron flipped a coin, and Polly was the one who was going to go first. Come on now, I'm still thinking, um, but no, I can pull this <laughs> do you, off. Do you, you want to get? Fine. Do you want to get other? Do you want to get other Polly? Do you think? No, no other <laughs> Polly. She has one concert that she wants to. Ta- I'm sorry, he wants to talk about, and it's it's a Rihanna one where she saw Rihanna before she would. Saw Rihanna before Rihanna was Rihanna. She fell on her fucking ass, and then she walked off the stage and didn't come back. And it was fucking hilarious. Did you get all that? <laughs> yeah, and I, yes. I and, and why do why do I feel like that's going to be the best part of this whole thing? Was that little like five <laughs> second clip from your wife? Damn it! Well, for Damn everybody it. listening or watching, I certainly hope not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Bryce just warned um, us, guys. So Turn yeah, it off. I, <laughs> yeah. show's over. <laughs> um, so yeah, I will go first. Uh, so as you guys know, I I think I've talked about it in one of the podcasts where I've seen like a ton of fucking concerts so to dwindle it down is pretty hard um but as far as the first one goes first one that i really wanted to go to that like wasn't you know family going and everything which means like country concerts of you know indiana that everyone in country went to indiana so i saw a lot of those uh was probably and it took a while for my mom to like actually be talked into letting me go it was disturbed orgy offspring and incubus incubus headline in this show so the disturbed orgy offspring with incubus which is is quite the concert to be like hey mom at 13 me and the me and the guys are gonna go see this show i hope it's okay what what did you say Um, about a disturbed orgy oh my god (laughs) with offspring there like what 
That's pretty quick, um, isn't it? So yeah, I went mainly for Disturbed. That was like I had the Disturbed hoodie. I had all kinds of stuff. Um, sorry, had to the little one crying there for a second. Um, so yeah, with Disturbed, it was the first time seeing them, uh, and I actually had uh, somebody that was with us had um, backstage passes. And so we were able to go backstage. So before Disturbed actually went on, I actually met David Draymond. And as a 13-year-old, was terrified because this is the Down with the Sickness days where that guy was just scary as hell, especially at my age. Um, so that was that was awesome. Like, he came out in a freaking straight jacket to start his show and all that stuff. Um, and, of course, Offspring. Like, they're that classic, like, Green Day era punk band that's just so fun. They came out and they had to uh, blow up chairs and couches all around the stage with bubbles and stuff and <laughs> just being as goofy as hell. Uh, so that one was great. And the one I wish I would have actually like took advantage of listening to instead of leaving early was Incubus because it was right before Pardon Me and like the album that kind of took off for them. Uh, Make Yourself, mm -hmm. I believe, is the name of it. So like pardon me and drive and all kinds of other ones. Um, so we actually left early cause he came out with the bongo drums and I thought it was stupid at 13 though. Now I've watched live sets of them and seen them live since then and be like, this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like you, you guys are amazing. So it's funny. The eyes of 13 year old me versus, you know, I think it was 19 or 20 when I saw him the second time, like just that small age range, like what a difference the show was for me because of knowing their music more. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, Orgy was the trash of all of them. They Their biggest hit being a cover song of Blue Monday. <laughs> um, so that one was kind of a wash. But the other three were fantastic. And the funniest thing was coming home because we didn't smoke. Like, none of us smoked weed at the show, but there was a lot of it there. So the moment I get home, I, like, run to my room and put in a piece of chewing gum. My mom's like what are you doing? I was like, Oh, nothing. Like my mouth's just super dry from all the yelling and stuff. Like, and you put in some gum, like total 13 year old move of like, she knows exactly what I'm trying to hide, which I wasn't hiding anything. Cause I didn't smoke. So. Oh, but, but, yeah, wait, but, that... but did you, but did you know that like, that's what you would get in trouble for? Or were you just like, Oh man, my mouth's dry. No, like I literally, like I thought because of the secondhand smoke, like, I didn't know if I was high or not. I looking back, I wasn't high. Yeah. But it was just like just in case, like that was the thing. Like, even though I didn't smoke, I was like, chew gum to mask the smell or something. Like, I don't fucking know what my thirteen. <laughs> chew gum to me. mask the smell. From my chew gum to mask the, the smell of your clothes. Of all the weed that's like on his body. He's chewing the gum. Yeah. <laughs> and it, like the gum, it was spearmint gum. It's it's very vibrant yeah, and it, pushes out and you it's know, all you it's, smell around yeah. the person. Yep. I didn't have cologne that? at thirteen. <laughs> who's the peanuts character that's is a pig pen the one who's always dirty and has the like the dirt cloud but instead of that it was just like <laughs> it was just weed smoke following you around yeah. on the way yeah. from the concert yep. <laughs> oh man one second i never had the chew gum thing i did a, i did have a few instances like that where i tried to act sober in the moment when i had been caught and i and i had been drinking or i had I don't think my parents ever caught me. I only smoked a few times through high school. Yeah, you have your eyes like this. Like, mm -hmm. Yes, mom, I'm doing great. And my parents were like, yeah. For And my parents were more just like egging me on to see what dumb shit I would say. To be like, oh, are you sober? You didn't drink tonight? Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. It sounds more like your parents let you get away with it. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. He, he, they knew the hangover would be the punishment. Yeah. yeah. No, I my mom was that way too when when it became, when it came to drinking, um, weed smoke and everything. It was more when I was like seventeen or so where she gave up on trying to stop me from doing those things because she's like, "You're still going to class. You're passing your classes. Whatever. Like, <laughs> just don't get caught." Was her thing. <clears throat> so next, so that was the first like major concert that I really wanted to go to. Um, second is a hard one for favorite because you know I've seen BB King, I've seen Pearl Jam, I've seen Chris Cornell, I've seen like the list is endless of like spectacular shows that I've seen. Um, but for me, it would probably be the Pearl Jam one. Um, honestly, uh, it'd been a long time coming. Like since Jeremy came out, even though like as a kid, I shouldn't have liked that song. I, it, I was drawn to that song. Um, it was just, you know, the baseline at the beginning and, and all of that stuff. Like it was just, their sound hit me right away when I was probably six or seven. And it just, yeah, it stayed with me from that point forward. Um, so I finally got to see him in St. Paul. Uh, I missed them in Indiana. Like they were in Minnesota the year before I moved to Minnesota and then I move to Minnesota and they end up playing Indiana that next tour cycle. And I'm just like, come on, guys. Like, I'm really trying. And it was a good seven years after after being in um, Minnesota that they finally came back to Minnesota um, and played St. Paul, uh, the Excel Center, which is where the wild play. And the uh, I was supposed to take one of my best friends, like roommate at the time that I've known forever since I brought him up to Minnesota with me from Indiana and last minute, like he couldn't go, he ended up getting scheduled for work anyways. And he was a manager at the time. So he kind of had to show responsibilities did take over on that night. So I just brought another friend, like not super memorable person, but she's still a closer friend. Um, and so we're at the show and it's just Pearl Jam, like no one's opening for him. Like it's a three and a half, four hours of just Pearl Jam playing because they have that discography, you know, like they could play anything. And mm-hmm. the way Eddie Vedder does it, I don't know if you guys know, is he decides the set list before every show. Like he changes it up every oh. single show. So no show is the same. Um, and then right before the encore, like they'll go backstage. They're like, all right, what's the feel of this show? Like, is it an up? Is it a down? Like what's going on? So and then he decides the encore like after playing the full set first. So it's like every show is memorable, which is awesome. And to have that discography to do that is also awesome to have the musicians that can just play a one-off song that you guys haven't played in 10, 15 years. Also fucking fantastic, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and nail it. But they started off the show very slow, like slow jams there. And I'm sobbing because this has been like, I think it was 28 at the time, like 28 years in the, or not 28 years, but you know, like 18 or so years in the making of me wanting to see this band. And so they start off slow. I'm just, tears are flowing down my face because I'm finally seeing this band. And then it's like the next four songs are all slow. And I was like, guys, like you got to pick up this fucking pace. Like you're killing me right now. Like I need you to pick up the fucking pace because I am dying. Look at the tears, man. To be uplifted. I'm here. Yeah. Like these are good tears, but I need you to pick up the pace because I'm tired of this, this sobbing that I got going on. I'm dehydrated now from all the Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they finally do. I think it was State of Love and Trust or something like that. Like something super upbeat and like heavy. Um, and just that whole show, like I was just mem- mesmerized by everything going on. Um, about halfway through. 
<laughs> Gotta yell at the kids quick. I'm talking about Pearl Jam. About halfway through the show. Time. God damn it, you yeah. might. <laughs> <laughs> Polly is a good dad, folks. I'm sorry. One second. She just came over crying for mommy and then didn't want to see mommy. So give me a second. <laughs> Yeah, this is why this is why you just need to have your kids be older. And then when they go to bed, they stay in bed or or or, or, or. <laughs> not have them. I mean, we were all over that. <laughs> or <laughs> no, Nobody suggested it infanticide, so we're all good. You know. There's no Republicans on the podcast, so yeah, that's right. Um, so I'll start at the halfway through the show. Um, so about halfway through the show, um, he brings out uh, this young kid, and I forget what um, charity it's for. It's some like congenital disease, like some like very, you know, not very curable, still looking for a cure kind of thing. But he does this at like every show. Like he finds some family or somebody that's there with it brings them on stage to like introduce them and show like part of the proceeds for each show go to the charity like the local part of the charity um and and while doing that at the same time he's drinking bottles of wine like not just glasses like you just see him pop up pop open another bottle and then pop open another bottle and so by the end he's had like four bottles of wine like all by himself and still Red wine, red. It's it's. Red. Oh my god! It's just putting you to. It's like Nyquil and singing. <laughs> Not for Eddie. Four apparently. bottles of red and wine. Singing. Like, yeah, and it's singing. nothing but a hangover. No. Red wine hangovers are might be the worst of all time, it's, especially when you drink that much wine. Luckily, some of his songs, the early stuff, it's more slurring going on, so it it works. Like you know, for those songs. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it was it was fantastic to enjoy that and have that experience finally myself, knowing that like this is an original like set list and everything. Like, you know, they may have played certain songs in the same order, but for the most part, this is all like one set. Um, that's a one of a kind. And I found it on YouTube, the whole set in like high definition that someone recorded with a camera came in. So I've like watched it after and I'm just like, Yeah, that was a really good fucking set. Like it was so good. Like it's it's not the same, but to be able to watch what you watched and because some things you don't completely remember. Like you get certain Mm -hmm. moments, but you don't completely remember the show. So to be able to like have that on YouTube easily find like easily find that is fantastic for me. So it was definitely Pearl Jam as far as musicianship and like, you know, there's no pyro. There's nothing to cover up if they're a bad musician or not. Like, it's just them on a stage with some overlights and that's fucking it. Like some color changes in the lights, but that's that's all they have. They don't they don't need the flash like because they are who they are. You know, it's it's much like fish and, you know, all that where it's just their their jam band style as far as their tour is concerned like where people follow them, do all that stuff. But, you know, obviously different kind of music, but they definitely have that like cult following um, that follows them everywhere they go. So that that was definitely the favorite one there. Um, that would be unreal. And then the, uh, uh, the dream one, again, there's so many different options. Um, of it's a dream almost an concert. impossible question. Yeah, but... especially yeah. when you do Dead or Alive, because you're like, well, shit. Um, like 
I was able to see Prince, like not a full set, but I did see him perform like a couple songs before. So I have seen him live. Um, and, you know, I've I've not been able to see Roger Waters, but I feel like, you know, there's always the chance of seeing at least part of Pink Floyd, rather it be Roger or David Gilmore. So I, I don't want to put that as a dream concert because it's still a viable option for me. Um, but it'd be it'd be Hendrix, like Hendrix live, you know, like the peak right right after um it's hard to say what band though because do you want the band of gypsies like with like that cast of like a very like yeah exactly like do you want machine gun do you want all that um or for me like it was electric ladyland's my favorite album so like that one's like right after they recorded that would have been awesome because mitch mitchell's hell of a fucking drummer (laughs) um like i i love his drumming style um and then of course just Hendrix himself like I would want to get past the probably more past the psychedelic phase and like the pyrotechnics the the setting the guitar on fire as awesome as that is like I want to see the musicianship of Hendrix versus like the spectacle of Hendrix and you know so that would hands down be the one if like I could choose anything like if possible see him at a tiny little blues bar just doing his own little set would be even better but you know as far as bands go it would be that electric ladyland band phase where it was like it became more about the music and the concerts versus the spectacle of the Jimi hendrix show going on um but yeah that's that's my three that'd be nice to see yeah that would be and it is is as old as andrew thinks i am he thinks i probably saw jimmy jimmy hendrix live you saw him in a silent film actually so you didn't hear him play. You just saw. So, you just so saw now, the, the so now Hendrix is that old too. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was his grandfather. It was Jimi Hendrix's grandfather oh, okay. who Aaron saw on the guitar. Oh, it Jesus. was James E. Hendrix. Quick change in the story, Tim, Andrew. Timmy Timmy Hendrix. <laughs> Timmy Hendrix, his grandfather. Don't fact check that, people. Uh, that's not, We're all fact that checking that. It was not. All I can hear is clicks. <laughs> Angry commenters being like, "You are selling the lem- the legacy of Jimi Hendrix." That was. Oh yeah, right now all, all you're hearing is. We know it's not Aaron typing because it would be one <laughs> slow push down onto one button at a time. Fuck yeah. you, Andrew. Oh, there's one. There you, go. there you go. There's one. It took a minute. First one of the episode, folks. Okay, so okay, I didn't I will give go much next. room to interfere with my show. I was rather quick with mine, so I do apologize that you didn't get that that leeway there, Andrew. That is what he said. So I'm going to go next. <laughs> um, so my my first concert um, was a fun one. This was in high school. I think I was 15. Um, and anyone who lives in Michigan or lived in Michigan, um, this venue used to be called Pine Knob. Um, and I not, it, it was DTE. And then I think it may have went back to Pine Knob for a minute, Bryce. I'm not sure if they changed the name back or forth, but... Uh, it's effectively an amphitheater that has 50 rows that are covered, and then it has like a a lawn area in the back that people will bring like picnic like blankets they'll lay out. Um, everyone on the the hill normally ends up drunk enough to where they end up rolling down to the bottom of it, depending on who's there. But it was Hootie and the Blowfish, and it was five dollars, and it was back in the day when you could go to like Pizza Hut and they would leave the vouchers like in the lobby of the Pizza Hut, and you could grab one, and it was it was like. I grew up hearing all the Hootie and the Blowfish songs they'd play on the radio, just blasting um, whenever I'd be in the car with my dad. So uh, that was really cool to get to see. Um, And just kind of that first, 
there are things you do by yourself. Like I, my parents had never taken me to any concert or anything like that. So that was like, that actually was my first concert as well. So getting to do that on your own, that's kind of one of those formative moments and those things that you remember of like, oh, it's just like me, my two other 16, like, I think at that time I was probably close to the same height, but I was like 120 pounds, <laughs> like, like stick thin. It's like three 16 year olds are walking around, uh, thinking we're so cool. And it's just like a bunch of, uh, we were, we were probably the youngest people there. And a lot of people, a lot of people were drunk. A lot of people were smoking weed. Um, so everybody was having a good time at Hootie, but I, I don't know how you have a bad time at a Hootie and the Blowfish concert. So, um, so you, you, you were the same height back then. So you were, so five, four, right? Five, four. Uh, do you, do you want me to time you so I can let you know whenever you finish that joke? Are you still going? <laughs> or do you have, is there more to it? You're at, you're at 33 seconds oh, right now. Oh, no. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, okay. That was the whole joke. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it was, was quick and concise. Uh, it, it, it didn't take 10 minutes of airtime, Andrew. <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't, Thank also you. wasn't good. A short, <laughs> shitty joke is not as good as a long, creative, thought-provoking, funny joke. Jesus, that was a lot of that was a lot of adjectives to describe a joke. Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm. I'm very. Uh, I'm very positive about the things I say and do. Obviously. Anyways. No, you just love to hear yourself fucking oh talk. My God. Here we go again. I can't. I can't wait till we get to Aaron and he talks about seeing Dizzy Gillespie live for the first time. It's gonna be so great. Can't fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> there we go. I feel. I feel two. better. There's just there's a weird energy in the air when I look over at this board and it's it's, it's, empty. it's so empty. So it's it's good that we're filling it out a little bit there. So um, folks, if you want to tune in to Dizzy Gillespie talk, we'll be there in about 15 minutes, but, um, we're going to, we're going to get to my next, uh, my favorite concert here, unless Aaron has other super funny jokes. He wants to rattle off real quick. No, you're good. Okay. Thanks. We'll move on. So, <laughs> oh, damn. So, so my favorite, my favorite concert is going to be a random one. Um, I was, when I travel for work, uh, I, I've worked in the automotive industry for the better part of a decade now, and every manufacturer, um, has their own dealer show where it's basically like a three day show where they have all of like the approved partners, um, or vendors there. They talk about like, they, they unveil new, uh, potential models. Um, they do all sorts of stuff, but basically it's like a state of the union for each brand. I've been to Hyundai and I've been to Kia and the events were super cool. Like they actually, um, I've seen a few different people there that I'll get to in a second. Cause it's one of them. Um, the first year I went, it was, um, it wasn't Aerosmith, but it was Steven Tyler and he was traveling with, I think it's the loving Mary band is what it was called. So it was Steven Tyler and the loving Mary band. And he performed a couple of Aerosmith songs, and then they had some other, I think, original music of theirs. But probably the most incredible six to eight minutes was watching him sit at the piano. In this room, there's probably there's probably maybe 500, 500 people in the room tops, because it's everybody from, from all these dealerships. Not all dealerships go, and then a bunch of the vendors, but it was like after the dinner, they have someone perform. And they didn't know who it was going to be, but it was Steven Tyler and the Loving Mary Band. There was a piano on stage. He sat down and played Dream On. He played the piano oh, wow. for Dream On. 
and he hit every single note. I also like I love Elton John, but like Elton John later in life could not sing a lot of those songs anywhere close to how he did before. Steven Tyler didn't miss a note. It sounded incredible, like like the exact it was like the first time I heard the song and ever turned it on when I was younger. And I was maybe 30 feet from him at the piano. So just to be able, and I had already probably had a couple glasses of red wine at that point. So I was already feeling a little bit warm and, and fuzzy there, but to be able to, to see that so close, um, hear him just kill it. Uh, it was unbelievable. And then the next year, um, which was also really cool. Lenny Kravitz came and performed. So to to get like a a front row view of him shredding on the guitar was pretty awesome also. But my favorite of all time will be uh, maybe not even that entire Steven Tyler performance, but just Dream On on the piano at, this was maybe five years ago. So he's got to be pushing 80, if I'm not mistaken. So to be in his 70s and to knock that song out of the park the way he did was like... Uh, it was me and then my counterpart, her name was Andrea. She lives out in California and she also loves Aerosmith. So I like at different times we were like pinching each other's arms and just like that, I can't even believe we're here. Like we get to like, we're getting paid for this right now. That was the best part of this stuff. <laughs> it's like, this is all on work's dime. We're getting paid for this. And Steven Tyler is like seven yards from me. Like not even a first downs length if I'm on a football field. It was just un unmatched i've never seen anything like that it's a very fortunate to be able to see that in like a much smaller venue than you that's would funny i just watched be cool last night and like steven tyler yeah oh, really? and, and steven tyler mm -hmm. like, like listening to that girl sing you know just overacting mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm just surprised and that they didn't pony up enough enough dough for trapped to do any of these shows for you like that's very like, i mean six hundred dollars so you cool know? So, so we were actually, uh, this event was at the Bellagio in Las Vegas. Had we been playing, um, at the, uh, the, Flamingo. the, travel, the traveler pickup <laughs> at the McCarran airport trapped was probably out there playing, but I didn't have any spare change. So we figured we didn't, we didn't want to stop. Wait, do, you, do you guys have a Venmo or also Chris, <laughs> also Chris Taylor Brown, if you're listening to this, fuck you. <laughs> We're not, we're not going to keep track of those, yeah, by the no. way. And, and to, be, to, be to be fair, Aaron, it is um, it is a weeknight at 11 o'clock Eastern. So he's probably performing in an Applebee's parking lot to the seven or eight True. people who are, who are walking to their car. Certainly not well, staying. Well, now, Aaron, show. don't, don't, don't but, talk too much shit because, you know, they have curbside pickup now. So there's probably a lot more, oh, there's probably a lot more people at that show, you know, like. Like four, yeah, five, yeah, there, but there's a lot more there. <laughs> he's there. He's there in his leather pants with the chains from the knees to the waist, and just Mars. looking hot as yeah, hell. Yeah, did you guys see that new that new thing that came out the other day or whatever, where he's like in jail? Like, I commented and I said, I hope somebody <laughs> lost the key for the for the the fake jail cell. <laughs> I made a video about it, and he jumped in the comments like a madman. Oh, really? Also, blames <laughs> me every I, time. I do think it's funny that him, a ardent Republican and far right enthusiast, makes a music video where he puts himself in a fake prison cell. Like if there's anything, yeah, <laughs> made out of pool, more metaphoric, made out of pool noodles that he filmed in his mom mom's basement. Ma, we need the spray paint. Ma, mom, I'm trapped in the prison cell. Get it with a T, like the band. The, the, the trapped. It's my name in the band too. God damn it. 
okay we we've spent we've spent more time on trapped than he spent um his last five records the age of 18 so i think it's probably time we move on here um anyways so my dream concert it's not gonna be trapped (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the wiggles it's the wiggles as long as they're talking about you man as long as they're talking about you no press is bad press believe me this is bad press Um, so so I'm going to do one better I have an exact moment in time if I could time travel this is where I would go back to it's a venue that we're going to play one day Wembley Stadium July 13th 1985 was Live Aid and watching Queen perform Thinking about it right now gives me chills. I remember seeing Bohemian Rhapsody. Say what you want about the movie and how it is historically inaccurate. Whatever you want, no, I went back and watched. I went back and watched that set, uh, the video recording of it, and they nailed almost spot for spot, like down move to for how move. much. Down to how much alcohol was in each of those plastic cups on top of the piano, to all like. Like I, the hair on my arms is standing up thinking about it, but like that to not only see like how he performed, but to have 80,000 people singing back at you like that in that moment, he's going through everything he's going through. He knows he's basically been given a death sentence at that point and still goes out there, can barely perform, but puts on this incredible show in front of 80,000 people and no one knows I don't think at that point even the band. I didn't even know until you Um, just said that. I didn't realize he had already been diagnosed for life. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, but that's gonna be us. We're gonna be doing that at Wembley soon enough. You're not going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna let gonna let that one permeate some. Fuck you, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, we got a new tally board to, be, to make. I need a whiteboard now. Uh, but no, that um, I didn't watch that clip. I'll probably end up watching it tonight now after we get done. But that for me would be uh, second to none. And then there, like I thought about Prince. Prince would have been amazing to go see. My dad always used to listen to Sinatra. Um, Sinatra would have been really cool to go back and see. But I think just... Having watched that and having seen the video recordings of it and like the the effect that that has on you just watching that, putting yourself in the middle of 80,000 people and that atmosphere. Like I've been at sporting events like Red Wings playoff games and stuff like that where the atmosphere is just like everyone is so intently focused on the game. They're invested. They're cheering. Um, but to be doing that with 80,000 people where you're all singing back and forth like that would be second to none. So that's it for me. That's what I got. Um, let's kick it over to whichever one of, uh, uh I was just going to say first, I'll, I'll um, let the rock star go last. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> that was riveting, Andrew. You're, you're just, my life is good. My life is life great. Is None of this is sarcasm, by the way. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm not your punching bag, old man. Who was playing live in 1930? Does anybody remember? Like for his first no, show, no, because yeah, what? How many concerts were there during the Great Depression? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Andrew. Did 
Did did the concert stop during World War did, II, or were they still having? Did you those? see Django Reinhardt live? Okay, asshole. Because that guy's incredible guitar player. You know, if you can you see his fingers moving, he only used two. So, so were you there? Were you there when Francis Scott Key composed the national? <laughs> I wrote the national anthem, bitch. <laughs> oh, put that put that on a shirt. Dude, I wrote the national anthem. Dude, dude bitch. stole it from me. <laughs> but uh, no, I I wasn't born in eighteen sixteen. Please uh, fact check that, please. <laughs> so, but I was born just a couple years. Before Andrew, and so uh, <laughs> a couple decades, four score and seven years before. <laughs> anyway, so I grew up where I am now in bumfuck nowhere in Nebraska. Hashtag BFNN. Um, so it was a lot of country music for me growing up. Because that's what you listen to on the radio. It was country music, NASCAR racing, or Jesus. And uh, that's a lose, 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 as I say. Not back then. Yeah, no. NASCAR it, was way more entertaining back then. Listening yes. to NASCAR on the radio. Yeah. Didn't they? Didn't didn't they make the people at Guantanamo Bay listen to that? That sounds <laughs> terrible. That's because you don't know how to race. Five hundred laps <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. Back in my day, we only had three channels, and when the president came on, there was no flipper. They had they had way more interesting commentators than you. Hey, Aaron, I got. Oh, that that yeah, is. Yeah, I, I, I got hurt. bad news for you, Aaron. We're all on this right now. Okay. <laughs> if he's shit in the bed, we're all shit in the bed. Anyway. Okay? Wait, is this is this how Aaron tells us his favorite concert was NASCAR races that he listened to on the radio? Because I'm done if that's the case. It was Bristol, and it was very loud, and it just every every rev hit raise, just right. Raise hail, praise Dale. Raise hail, praise Dale. You gotta say it right. Raise there hail, praise Dale. <laughs> the twang in there. That's that's the realest Aaron has ever been on this podcast. Was, was the... Fuck you, Andrew. <laughs> This podcast or TikTok. I think we finally got the real one out of him. I'm not from the South. Fact check that, please, Bryce. I, I don't think I can because remember the last time I talked about the guy up at 70 Grayling in northern Michigan who was like, hey, how y'all doing? So I don't really – I can't really mm-hmm. – You're just supposed to go with the bit. Just go with the bit. Don't ever stop. Did you there. just research? Yeah. Yeah. And you're definitely asking the right person for that. So too. anyway, I <laughs> so so good at looking where, up things. Where the, the where the first con <laughs> where the first concert criteria was you didn't go with your parents or anything, which so there was always like county fair concerts, and I think Dan Seals was the first one I went to. But um, the first concert I ever went to by myself, I was actually clear into my i was 24 married and got tickets to george Strait. which say what you want i i I am a country music fan i'm an all music fan um all music matters yes 
No, it don't. <laughs> There's the real Aaron again. That's twice in the same episode. It's just your Yankee no, mouth. It, all it music was, matters. Uh, he it was a uh, it was a stadium tour and not stadium it was a arena tour and he but he plays in he always plays in the all around and the the one great thing i always loved about george strait um is that he just i fell in love with george strait because of pure country and he made that kind of how he does his music you know I don't know if anybody's ever seen pure, pure country, but at the start, he's this country star that's blown up and it's fireworks and lights and music and smoke. And he's basically lip syncing everything. And, and then, uh, he has a come to Yahweh mo- moment and like disappears and misses a couple concerts. And then just turns out where he just stands in front of people with his guitar and sings. And that's actually what he does. And it was a great concert. I had a lot of fun. It was a good first concert. Um, I'm not huge into country music anymore because country music ain't country as far as I'm concerned these days. But, uh, but yeah, that he's always been, he was one of the reasons I ever started singing which oh shit nobody ever really knew I sang here. Now but, we now um, we fucking do. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's been years, um, been years. But yeah, that was my first one. Of course, it was country. Uh, my favorite one, of course, being a born in the eighties nineties kid. I was huge into hair bands, so I went. Uh, I've been to Def Leppard. I've been to Poison more times than I can I can count. Motley Crue, and that was my f- Motley Crue was one of my favorite concerts, but not because it was Motley Crue. It's because Alice Cooper opened for them. Oh shit! Alice Cooper is I don't even know how old he is anymore, but this was probably hmm, 10, 12 years ago. Surprisingly enough, Aaron, he's older than you. Fuck you, Bryce. Wait, no, he was born in 1948, so they're the same age. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Andrew. (laughs) Yeah, but he's always born in Detroit. That's five, by the way. Born in Detroit. Yeah, and well, and who doesn't love Alice Cooper from nobody, nobody else ever or people our age know how to pronounce Millie Walk A because of Alice Cooper. So you got to love him just for that. Love, we are not worthy. You. We're not worthy. You're equating your We're love of Alice Cooper We're with scum. Wayne's world. <laughs> yes. And, but, uh, but no, his, his, uh, his, uh, performance i mean it, it's a show it's like going to a, a play almost because feed my frankenstein he's a how old is he what do you say 1948 75 yeah yeah 75 years old and he's 
got he's walking around in this huge freaking Frankenstein costume and there's another there's a, another part where he put somebody it was it's almost like a magic show he put somebody in a guillotine and their head falls off and then they come walking back out so that was that was my absolute favorite concert I've ever been to was Alice Cooper did you go see him by like? Are you saying you also saw him by himself, or when he opened for Motley Crue? You talked when about? he opened for Motley Crue is the only oh, time shit. I've ever so that, seen. So that was like, it, like it could have been its own show by itself too. Absolutely. Or did he just actually open? No, he just opened. Oh wow! Because you'd figure That's that'd be wild. a co-headlining show. That would be almost disrespectful. Well, it might have been, but the night that I saw saw them, it he, was uh, was the first one. He he, he opened, but yeah. I don't think it was a co-headline show or tour. I'm pretty sure that was a Motley Crue t- tour. Yeah, I mean, Motley Crue was, was so that huge the, that time. Motley... It was probably like their tour, you know. Well, yeah. this was this was uh, just a few years before they, before they ended touring. This was, god dang it, I'd have to get my shirt out and look, but I think this was like 2015. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. Motley so Crue was... wasn't huge by by any means. They're, they're, they're trying to pull their guns and ropes. There, there was a few. Yeah, there was a few years here, about anywhere from eight to twelve years ago, that there was a lot of hair bands that were doing really touring a lot. I I saw Def Leppard twice. I saw Poison three times. I saw Motley Crue twice. I saw. And not only just Motley Crue and Poison, um, the I saw their their lead singers were out at local country fairs, so yeah, that was a big one. Um, and then the one I'd like to see, Dead or Alive, or I wish I would have seen. Do you want to see Bon Jovi perform Dead or Alive? Is that what you're? No, no. I I like Bon Jovi. Don't get me wrong. I would no, love we, to we see knew Bon. That. That's not. Yeah. We, we already figured that. You that's like okay. Bon I, I like Bon Jovi Is too. It, man. You act like that's a bad thing. What what's what's up? Yeah. Don't don't hate Bon Jovi on this podcast. That's not allowed. <laughs> I like I Bon Jovi pre did. him spiking his hair. <laughs> that's that's the Bon Jovi I like. Pre pre spiked hair Bon Jovi. Slippery when wet, but, uh, and slippery when wet. There we go. Just right, right that's there. The that's, bon Jovi. Right that's the Bon Jovi. That's, yeah, there. Were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there. Um, but no, uh, I don't care what band it is, whether it's Soundgarden, Audio Slave, Temple of the Dog. I wish I could have seen Chris Cornell. Solo with any band, I don't care. That is one person I could have. I wish I could have seen live, performing with his daughter. His daughter is fucking amazing. Have you ever heard heard that performance of him and her uh, singing? Uh, oh God damn it! What's the song? Uh, Nobody com- er, compares to you. Wait, he sang that song with his daughter. They did a cover of that. Yes, and she's fucking amazing. Yeah, no, I like was she singing? He I, just I, harmonized I, I, I with her. Just that, them singing that song together is a lot. Yeah, but his his, his the his voice was just so almost. <sighs> it was original. I can't I can't think of the word to describe it right now, but. 
like almost scary. And when he would harmonize with somebody, it would uh, it would just put goosebumps on you. And his daughter just kills it when singing "Nothing Compares to You." And when he harmonizes with her, it's I please everybody listen to that because it'll it'll. It'll make you love Chris Cornell even more. Yeah, no, I, I, I just Googled Gone it. too just soon. It. So I'm listening to that later. I was going to say, I got to see him once. I think I told you guys when we were talking before, um, but it was him doing his own show. And it was amazing, like, the musicians he could get. But at the same time, since he is Chris Cornell, I'm sure he had prime picking for whoever he wanted for his solo tours. Um, mm-hmm. But to be able to have a band that could play both Soundgarden and Audio Slave stuff and just nail every bit of it, like, being able to play Tom Morello stuff and um, fuck, I forget his guitarist from Soundgarden. Kim Thile. Yeah. So like Kim, there you go. Yeah. Um, to be able to play both of those flawlessly, because those are two very different styles very of guitar playing. Very Like different. insanely different. And to be able to just nail it is just, you know, and have Chris there just nailing every single vocal range that he, because his range is in, his was insane. Oh my God. It, yeah, and that's just it. I mean, the the range that he had was breathtaking. Let's hear it for Chris, man. All right, rock star. Oh yeah, beautiful. Like, I, I, I love how like you, you call can't me rock. Do your own concerts. Love, you can't do your own. Oh concerts. shit! Really? Can, do, can we Bryce's go back favorite, and, like, first concert was him on guitar. <laughs> His second was him on bass. So, so my first and concert his third <laughs> was him doing all three. My first concert that I went to that I loved was me when I did the uh, seventh grade uh, talent show. And no, so <laughs> I tried to get tickets Star to that, Wars and I for all get in. three of these too. Did we say no Star Wars here? <laughs> Damn yeah, so it. one time I was on Moss Eisley, and I went to this place called the Cantina. Dun, 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 dun. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> Okay, first one is really easy. Um, so I grew up uh, a Beatles fan when I was like a kid, like a young kid. And then like somewhere between like fifth and sixth grade, I heard Vanilla Ice and CNC Music Factory. And I was like, this is it. This is it. And uh, It's my calling. Yeah. It, 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 took all, it took all of like two months and like seeing the video for Sweet Child of Mine and be like, okay, that, that wasn't it. This is, this is better. And I started started, started like paying attention to Guns N' Roses. What a transition from the Beatles. Yeah. Beatles to Vanilla CCC Ice. Factory, Guns N' Roses. But I've had records of all of those people. Like I've had CNCs, I've had yeah. Vanilla Ice. Like this is true diversity in music, guys. All right. So don't be laughing your fucking asses mm-hmm. off. All right? Yeah, fuck oh, off. Oh, I'm going to laugh my ass off. <laughs> Okay. Bryce, C&C. <laughs> C- C&C for me, bro. Like C&C I'm just for saying me. that that transition in two months is yeah, funny. Yeah, no, it was it was it was out of this world, man. Um, <laughs> I could feel the vibrations. Okay, so um, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> that was mine. You took yeah. that. From me. So um. So I fell in love with Guns N' Roses real fast. And, like, it really wasn't until the You Could Be Mine video that I was, like, sold. I, like, I saw that video, and that was, like, that was the one. Even the Welcome to the Jungle video didn't do it for me. The You Could Be Mine video where they were in, actually in, like, an arena. And there was thousands of people. And they were all 
You're worshiping them. I was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Um, so, uh, so I, I finally hear about it. I, like, I think it was like a newsletter or something like that. Like I followed, that's how I followed Guns N' Roses or whatever. And they announced that they were going on tour with Metallica and Faith No More, the, you know, this giant tour. And it was perfect. Mom, I already asked my mom previously when Guns N' Roses comes to town at some point, can we please go? Yes. So, uh, so we're going to that concert. It was, it was incredible. Me, my, uh, my best friend at the time, my cousin was there for some reason. I don't know. Laura, I don't know what she was doing there. Anyways. Um, and probably, like one of probably, my, uh, probably watching the concert like you. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know what she was doing in Michigan. She was, oh, she was gotcha, in Florida. Gotcha. So yeah, it's like, I can't remember why she was there, but anyways, um, we went to the concert and you know, we're like rose up, you know, but like, um, it was it was the Pontiac Silverdome, which housed like what 80,000, 85,000, something like that. It was gigantic, packed, just absolutely packed. But um, so we get there right when Faith and More is going on, put on a great show. I wasn't the biggest Faith and More fan at the time, but it was a flawless show. It was great. And then Metallica came on, and I was like, oh yeah, nice. I just started loving Metallica. This is gonna be great. Put on a great show. And then Guns N' Roses came on, and if anybody has ever seen uh, the movie A Year and a Half of Life of Metallica which documents the time from the Black Album and everything like that. There's this great bit of James Heffield on tour, during that tour, making fun of Axl Rose for some of his ridiculous antics. And um, I had just seen A Year and a Half of Metallica and heard them talking about this. And I was like, oh, God, I hope this sort of thing doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen to me. I'm going to see this show. And, like, they open up with You Could Be Mine. So I'm like, I'm like oh, my God, and this, and this is the song. Oh, my God. Ah! I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. But I see him kind of like, and he's, and finally just throws his mic across the stage and fucking walks off the stage. And the band kind of breaks down bit by bit by bit. And I was like, oh, okay. This is what they were talking about when they were complaining about Guns N' Roses. So he walks out like, and, and this, this is the funniest part too. My mom said, Bryce, sit down. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, Please just sit down while we're waiting for the band to go on. I had no idea why she wanted me to sit down. And I look out, and there's there's women like on their man's shoulders, just taking their tops off, and then it's on the jumbotron and everything like that. And I was like, I was like, not even I think I was twelve and a half, maybe. My mom could tell me to sit down. I had no idea why. And I turned around, and I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> like, okay. What what is happening? <laughs> I, I already decided this is what I want to do. Why is this getting better? And um, and uh, so so he finally he finally hold on a second. Gotta resituate the butt plug or what? No, I haven't done All right. Okay. Anyways, um, he comes out and they start playing. You can be mine again, and he's sitting on the drum riser like. With your bitch slap rabbit and your cocaine tongue and uh, and he's just sitting there and everyone else is running around and trying to put on a show and everything and he looks frustrated and they played like two more songs with him sitting there and he dropped the mic and walked off stage and they never came back. So I, I saw what three Guns N' Roses song I think four well, maybe maybe four. What was that? It, it was a pretty famous article. But it, like th- one of their concerts caused a riot, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A couple of them, actually. There was uh, one in, like, the Midwest and then, like, one in, like, fucking Brazil or some shit. It, ca- it caused a massive one. 
Was that the same tour that Hetfield got the burns from the pyro, or was that a different tour after the Guns of No, that, I think that was a, just a Metallica tour that happened afterwards, because I think I was already in high school when that happened. Afterwards, okay. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. if that was the tour or not. St. Louis was the riot. Uh, that Guns N' Roses incited. Oh God! What July second, ninety one. That Axel incited. Yeah, Axel, Axel incited. Axel that, died, not yeah. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what the article said. That's just what the article yeah, said. Let's, <laughs> let's not put this on like on Slash's shoulders. Who's like Slash is just like I just want to play. Yeah. All right, Slash. In case in case you're watching, you've been uh, you. <laughs> your name. Andrew been said it, not us. Your name yeah. has been cleared. And he, he, he's still one of my top five guitar players. So he will always be. Slash is. Yeah. And you can even hear it in like a lot of the way I play, like hard rock or something like that. You can hear like little moments. You're like, oh, that, 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 that slash. That definitely. Just like licks that are just like mm-hmm. stuck there. You know, they'll, they'll never go away, no matter how much damage to your brain. Um, but uh, going along, going along my musical changes, uh, the one I got into high school, um, it had gotten even heavier, gotten like Sepultura and Pantera. And then immediately just like, and started uh, calming me down a little bit. I heard the Allman Brothers in my buddy's uh, uh, Jeep one day. He was driving me home from choir practice. And I was like, what is this? And I heard Allman Brothers. And before you know it, that was that, you know? So like, and then it was Grateful Dead and Fish and all this and all these jam bands, stuff like that. And then um, I went went through a, to a number of concerts in high school that I can barely remember at this point. And I, we went to see the Allman Brothers twice a year, no matter what. But um, the best concert I ever went to was when um, me and my, at the time, best friend, who was a bass player of mine, and we used to love Fish. We used to absolutely love Fish. But Mike Gordon is a fantastic bass player. and Trey wasn't always my favorite guitar player, but a lot of things he did, moving through passages and stuff like that, was always really interesting to me. But um, we saw Fish at their self-proclaimed best concert ever. Now, if you know Fish um, at all, you know, just like uh, Paulie was saying about uh, Pearl Jam is they tour they they nonstop play so them having one show that they collectively are like dude that was fucking amazing is pretty fucking amazing mm-hmm. for them to be like dude okay do you too oh my god you know like um it was 11 17 1997 at um in uh in Denver at the uh the Bronco where the Broncos Brax um, oh yeah. wow my honor yeah so um and uh me and uh, my friends, we were definitely sober. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> who are you trying and, to uh, bullshit? We sat, <laughs> and we sat, we sat, we had, we had like four like front row seats, like right at the front of the balcony. So, like, one of the greatest things about Fish is their light show. They have a fifth member of the band that practices with them, even when they're just writing. And he's a guy who like works and just like learns a song the same as they do. So that he can actually play along with them when they're playing live. So like all their other lights are never programmed. They're always just like done by a guy who knows oh, music wow. as well as they do. Cool. And so Oh, so he's just doing the light show. Yeah, he's like doing it like live. Even when they gotcha. practice, he practices with like a mini snap so he can like figure out exactly where things go and what the songs do and what they what they're planning on doing, stuff like that. So the light show is incredible, songs were incredible. And to this day, it's like one of the only fish bootlegs I'll ever listen to because of those songs, it's 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 just phenomenal. They they closed the first set with Fire by Jimi Hendrix. And and Fire is about like 83 or 84 BPM. And they played it at like, I don't know, it was like a 1,646 BPM or something Jesus. like that. It was, it, was, it, was like, it was like, down, down, 
It was just like fast as fucking hell, but it was amazing. So that is my um, absolute favorite concert that I've seen. Now, granted, like I've seen so many concerts, and especially when it comes to like bands like uh, the All Brothers and Fish, I've seen them both, you know, twenty plus times. So it's kind of hard to be like. Yeah, that's the one, but that's the one that no matter what I can remember, I can at least, like, mention. I can't be like, oh, this one time I was all messed up at this Allbirds concert. It was pretty amazing. You know, like, I mean, I think it was at DTE. It was actually Meadowbrook or something like that, you know? Um, and uh, for my final concert, this was the hardest thing to do. I could not decide if I wanted to go back and actually see somebody I hadn't seen or if I wanted to put together, like, like the band. Like, not the not like the band, but, like, <laughs> the, the, the one that crushed all other bands. Um, but we really want to get, get on to it. Like, I never got to see Pink Floyd. No. And, um, and, uh, and I watched the Pulse DVD, I think, more than I watched anything else in high school. It was absolutely one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen in my life. More than I, Star I, Wars? I mean... <laughs> 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 Somebody call George Lucas. That's a great name for a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Star Wars. The Division Bell. Like, <laughs> First in space. Okay, so, so, it's, you know, so that's copyrighted right here. Let's just go and copyright that right now. Like, vocally copyright that just in case George Lucas does decide to go that route. He hears this driving to work. He doesn't own it anymore in case Disney does. <laughs> I don't know if that's legally binding, but let's hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pay me, Disney. Pay me. Um, yeah, but... um. That so was, which Floyd, that was, like, between what records are you getting to that? I'm sorry, interrupting. <laughs> oh, um, I, I mean, I think I think that Pulse Time would be, uh, would be great because I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of the Division Bell. I think that album is is way better than anybody else ever gave it credit for. Like, I love metal. Mm, yeah, you know, I love Wish You Were Here. Those are two of my favorites. But like, um, you know, without without the Division Bell, you don't get uh. <laughs> Uh, keep talking. You don't get like um, uh, uh, on the other side. What's the name of that song? I can't remember the names of songs. <laughs> Just sing it out, Bryce. Um, Just sing it out. No, I'm good. I'm good. You guys Cluster would be like, I one, Lost for words. High hopes. Maroon pulls apart. Take it back. Keep talking. Marooned and take it back. Yeah, maroon and take it back. Yes, Those that's are, how you research, yeah. Bryce. Okay, thanks. You just bring it up, and Andrew I'll will type it in. It. <laughs> that's how you research. You get one of your friends to do it. Bam. Um, so I, I think, um, like, I, I like what when uh, Polly was talking about seeing Hendrix. I'm like, gosh, I really would like to see Hendrix, but like, there's a lot of groups like that that I'd like to see. You know, I never, like, I never got to see Zeppelin live. Like, I can only imagine what sort of like drug like nonsense that would be for like two days, um, you know. So like, it's hard to stop. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like for me, the Floyd I would want to see because I watched live at Pompeii like mm-hmm. I don't know how many times. Like I loved yeah. that album and like or the DVD and like the documentary of making Dark Side yeah. during that as they're performing. Like that would be the area I want era I'd want to see is them right before Dark Side exploded. Okay. Like that's that's the prime Pink Floyd that I would want to yeah. see. Wasn't yeah. it? I uh, so that was that was my runner up to Hendrix. Wasn't was it Floyd that Floyd. like their way of recording music? Like 
how the hell who was telling the story like was it just about the guitar tone on another brick in the wall because that's what like it's one of the recording things that everybody always talks about somehow somehow they did something well with the drums too they like did something in a stairwell in a apartment building that got the echo god i had to look at that running with it's probably running with uh right just so much time and like sitting there messing with stuff that's one of my favorite things about bowie too he's he's like well that's the thing you know we used to get these these keyboards in the mail and everything and then we would just throw away the manuals and then just plug them in and start playing them and and they'd make cool sounds (laughs) that's how we put together ikea furniture too Exactly. Yeah, the only difference is you don't have to throw out the IKEA for, you don't have to throw out the keyboards. You know? mm-hmm. Never I've never gone platinum putting together IKEA furniture though. So a little bit different. Oh no, it yeah, was so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Floyd for now. So it was uh Zeppelin when they recorded uh when the levy breaks, that drum solo that Bonham does in the beginning. They somehow recorded that in a stairwell in an apartment building to get that echo. And nowadays they just flip a switch. Right. I yeah. just there's there's so Dude, many cool have... stories like that from back. Like I I just saw a video on TikTok the other day where Steven Tyler talks about I think he's on Howard Stern. They didn't bring maracas when they were recording Sweet Emotion, so he's using a sugar packet and he just got mm-hmm. right up next to the microphone. So what you yeah. think is a uh, a maraca a maraca. maraca. Well, during the recording, it's a fucking sugar packet. Like, just stuff you'd... I, I would never think to, like, dump out my bag or, like, rifle through the fucking lobby at the recording studio for a Splenda packet. <laughs> but, again, I'm also not uh, part of Aerosmith. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you know, the cool part about that is it, I just saw that thing today, too. He was talking about using the Vibra Slap. How it broke. How it broke, and that's and how the last one the point. Song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was really cool. That is cool. Those those stories are so interesting. I think it, I think it makes the music more enjoyable too when there's like something crazy. Andrew, that, you're that not, you're not a like part that. of Aerosmith, but you are a part of the Quad Squad, and we are going to be just as famous someday. Or, or, <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to be such an asshole there, and I'm more shocked that that was like a nice and kind, encouraging moment. <laughs> And we got it recorded. Now now we need to do a wellness check on you because while we recorded, you said something nice and positive. Oh, yeah. You guys are going to be texting in the morning, and I'm going to be laying dead in my bed. Okay. Yeah, well, no. that's also not really the best mojo that, that we want to put no, out no, there. No. But... He, he, he's, in, he's, he's in Nebraska. And he said there's only 33 people living in his town. He's in his mom's basement. He's in his mom's basement. Oh, yeah. In it's basement. definitely a basement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's mom's basement, not just yeah. any basement. The car bed. It's a car bed. Well, no, don't he's, wake up his mom if you don't have to. He's the guy wearing <laughs> wearing tidy whities <laughs> I don't That's have tidy whities I have tidy colored underwear. <laughs> you have boxer no. briefs, man. They're, they're, no, they're, they're, no. They're he wears, he wears briefs. briefs. We've talked about this before. He wears briefs. I thought you just said he didn't wear briefs. I thought you just said he, they are comfortable, though. No, they're not white, so they hide his skid marks. <laughs> but I, I, I think I actually said that on a TikTok live one day. 
<sighs> well, I think uh, I think that about does it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was a, a child. that was a fun episode. Um, uh, <laughs> we still don't know who we've recorded this episode with. Paulie has a beard. Yeah, I don't know who you are. Oh, oh, is that? You actually did have a five o'clock shadow two hours after you sent us the initial pictures. Yeah, right. When I I say three days, he's like, well, three weeks. But I was like, are you sure? (laughs) You sure about that? (laughs) Oh, well, folks, thanks for uh, being patient with us. We're going to be late with this episode. We will be on time next week, I promise. I shouldn't promise things I can't promise, but... (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you saw my reaction. I was like, I'm sorry. You said what? Listen, as long as as long as there's fewer flat tires and fewer cats up in the middle of trees in the middle of buttfuck Wyoming, I think we'll be okay. Why did you have to say buttfuck? <laughs> it's bumfuck. Bumfuck. Oh, oh. Who cares, man? <laughs> it's the Great Plains. The, the people who live in bumfuck. That's who cares. Oh, we do. Know? We do need a better job of promoting like ourselves here i think we've got we've got a sponsor um oh yes before we leave um you heard it at the beginning of the episode but the ballad of bonner duke by rt slaywood um available exclusively exclusively on kindle vela um he's seen uh certainly seen an uptick from what he has said but um i believe there was someone who changed the genres of their novel so it dropped him a spot and I know he's competitive. I know I'm competitive. Aaron's too old to be competitive. Fuck so we you, want Andrew. To get RT up up those charts, uh, however possible. So go check it out if you haven't already. If you've already checked it out, check it out again. Um, and if you've checked it out again already, check it out a third time. All right, Aaron. Do you want to tell me to fuck off, and then Bryce can count us out? Uh, be sure to visit our merch store too, folks. Ooh, please. Yeah. Uh, Polly did a lot of work on that. Redbubble.com. It's in the link tree. So just go right to the link tree. Don't just go to the link tree. It's way easy. It's two clicks and you'll be in the merch store. Lots of great stuff in there. Um, thanks for listening. And as always, fuck you, Andrew. Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs>